0: up, everybody. This is Keith here at Pilgrims and Prodigals, and I just want to say, hey, how was your week? Um, what kind of fun stories did you get into? Anyways, um, I'm really bad at this. I have a guest here in studio, aka my living room, this week. His name is Joseph Shipley, and we're going to have a little discussion. Um, I'll just go ahead and let him open it up and Um, Talk about who he is, where he's from, what his favorite kind of syrup is, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh,
1: Getting priorities in order, my favorite kind of syrup here is uh, the kind that you get at Cracker Barrel. I mean, just the pure maple syrup. It's already warmed up for you, so that stuff is great. Um, So uh, we're going to be talking about apologetics today and just kind of some of the importance of having a reasoned faith. Um, kind of talked to Keith about this and we thought it'd be good for doing a segment. Um, I have no accolades whatsoever. Haven't written a book, haven't done any of that kind of stuff, but something I'm really passionate about. Um, so I've been doing just personal study with that for about four years now. Um, just trying to understand better how to engage people with different ideas. Um, and also encouraging, you know, fellow believers to uh, really think through and try to have um, a well-thought-out uh, reason for why they believe what they believe. Um, I think when we live in the society that we do that demands evidence, there is no lack of evidence whatsoever for the Christian faith. It's just a matter of how much are we investigating it. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the topic that we're looking at today, so I will turn it back over to Keith.
0: So usually on this podcast, you know, we talk about and debate things, you know, church structure things and things inside of church and uh, just the way everything's set up. But today we're going to take a a different spin on it and talk about faith itself and um, even pushing past say spiritual experiences and stuff like that and going into, you know, deductive reasoning and why we believe what we believe um, as a testimony of the things we see around us. So, you know, I've studied a little bit on this. I've taken a couple, um, you could call them classes. I did an internship and uh, we studied it a little bit. But uh, Joseph, he, you know, he's he's been really awesome. He's been a really awesome kind of uh Um, Resource for me because just our conversations, I feel like I've learned a lot behind reasoning my faith through scientific evidence and different arguments that we can use, which we'll talk about today. And uh, he's actually, you know, turned me on to a couple different books that I've halfway read. (laughs) But uh, so uh, I just want to jump into, okay, no, first I want to let everyone know that Ben was actually supposed to be on this week. But last night, his um, cat actually got out of the house and got hit by car. So um, I don't know if you guys pray for animals and <laughs> do that. I, I don't know how all that works, but um, <laughs> um, pray that everything's going to go okay with them and that cat even gets healed and stuff. But he said the cat's breathing fine, just hasn't seen a doctor yet. So um, send your prayers and vibes and good thoughts his way. <laughs> So anyway, so we're just going to go ahead and jump into it today. Uh, We don't have much of a layout, just kind of like a bunch of questions. So I'm just going to assume that Joseph is like a teacher today, and he's just kind of going to teach us a little bit about apologetics, what they are, why they're useful, what they mean to our faith and things like that. So um, do you have any specific things you want to jump into before we talk about anything? Okay, so so he's just going to jump into it and talk to us. What does apologetics mean for those who aren't Christians and are like, what the heck does that word mean? Are you apologizing to people for being a Christian? Like, what what is that? So he's going to jump into it and just describe to us what he's talking about.
1: Uh, yeah, we're we're not we're not going around apologizing for being Christians. Uh, that is not what our what our prerogative is with that. Um. The apologetics is derived from the Greek word apologia, which is to speak in defense or to to justify yourself uh, or your position. So, uh, the goal of aggression of a Christian apologist is to essentially defend the legitimacy of God's word by giving logical, well reasoned, uh, or just scientific arguments um, for for what it is that that we believe. Um, again, we live in a society that. Uh, I mean, in a culture that, I mean, for a long time, you know, if we're going to talk about what a consistent worldview is, uh, it needs to um, it needs to align with what we observe, with what's going on in uh, just the world today. Does it make sense with just what we see? And is there good historical evidence to back up the kind of claims that were made? Because, you know, when we're talking about the Bible, it's, you know... Uh, At most recent, roughly 2,000 years old, so uh, many people will just immediately throw that under the bus, just saying, you know, how could you believe something that is, you know, thousands of years old? Well, if it is historically accurate, and if there is uh, good enough evidence, then there's no reason to believe that the Bible didn't happen, or at least, you know, first taking a look at the New Testament and then kind of working our way backwards. Uh, if, If there's good enough evidence... Because uh, basically, we, we take a look at the New or the, the New Testament first. I mean, that's kind of the traditional apologist view, because the New Testament teaches, essentially Jesus and uh, many of the New Testament writers teach that the Old Testament uh, documents are, are true. And so if we have good enough evidence to say that the New Testament documents and the New Testament authors uh, were telling the truth, then uh, by extension, that uh, validates the Old Testament as well. All right. um, So that's
0: all good stuff. Um, So I'm going to jump into a question here. How can we use scientific evidence to prove God? Like how can we take, use different arguments or different things that we can see around us through a scientific lens and use that to say there is a creator, there is something here bigger than us, there is Um, some kind of order and all the chaos, like how can we use scientific evidence to prove the existence of not even necessarily the Christian God, but just
1: use that evidence to say this was an accident? Um, the, The biggest thing when it comes to what can science prove is science can't necessarily prove or disprove God. I mean, that's why the conversation has been carrying on for so long basically you know based on the conclusions that you know scientific uh you know discoveries give us that gives us a glimpse into uh you know different areas of you know kind of begging the question so when we when the basically when the big bang was confirmed uh as the the best model for how uh, the universe started there were a whole bunch of implications of it so uh one of them was that you know the big bang proved that there was a beginning to the universe um and so with that you know one of the things we take a look at is the law of causality which is uh anything that start that has a beginning anything that comes into existence uh that there is a cause to it there's a cause and effect relationship and so essentially what caused uh, the Big Bang to happen. And so, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of debate on that. You know, there's a whole bunch of different theories out there and, you know, quantum physics, you know, or were there, you know, particles that came through uh, vacuums that, you know, just the natural laws of physics kind of brought the universe into existence? Um, I believe it was, uh, oh, goodness, uh, the really smart paraplegic dude, I feel so stupid for not remembering his name. Anyways, uh he was talking about uh Stephen Hawking, there we go. Yeah. Uh he was talking about how gravity the that that the, because there is such a force as gravity that the universe would have to come into existence at some point. Um I don't I don't think that that I think that he's since abandoned that. Uh, but, you know, basically just to say there's a whole bunch of different theories that are out there, but the one that, you know, we, naturally we would say within the Christian worldview makes the most sense is that uh, the, there was a a cause uh, to this and that, that that cause was what we would call God. Um, so, yeah, scientific evidence doesn't necessarily prove God, but it gives us a glimpse into essentially, you know, we can draw conclusions about the metaphysical through some of the – uh, the things that we, that we learned through that. So pretty much for,
0: I'm just going to play the person who doesn't know crap about what you're talking about. You know, I don't understand science. I don't understand, uh, the laws of causality, any of that. So pretty much what you're saying by that is because the universe had a defined beginning, there had to be a cause for it. Okay, so that that makes sense. So it doesn't necessarily prove that God exists, but it proves that if something happened within, that started within the realms of this, that started everything, there had to be something that caused that. Okay, so that makes sense. I like that. Is there anything else you wanted to say on that topic? Okay, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that for all the dummies like me, so... Okay. So we have more questions here. Um, So my next one is, is less on the scientific side of it and more on just like a reasoning, just a question I had for myself. So along, along the lines of using this scientific evidence to prove that, um, to prove God or prove that there had to be some kind of other hand, something that started all of this. So is that more feasible to some than spiritual encounters, like this reasoning side of the faith? Like how I can look at science, I can look at morality, I can look at these things. Is it, do you think that's more beneficial for some people to be able to reason through things rather
1: than have some deep spiritual encounter? Um, yeah, because I've actually, um, had the opportunity to talk to, I mean, just many people who became my friends that, um, they are either Adam atheists, just skeptics to different degrees. And, you know, one of one of them I was talking to him just about uh just what kinds of different lines of evidence he would accept uh personally that would be convincing to him. Uh, you know, we uh it's it's common that, you know, when you're talking to someone, you just go with the most ridiculous, you like crazy thing. If Jesus just like showed up on your doorstep right now and uh you know did did something crazy would would you would you believe right then or uh Michael Shermer who's a you know famous atheist out there uh who's been in several debates one of the things that he said is if if god were to wire a million dollars into his account then then he'd he'd say that would be something to think about um, I mean that'd be pretty cool Yeah so uh one of the things that uh I think the, that my friend had talked about was that for him he would not be as likely to uh, believe something that is uh, what could necessarily be categorized as a spiritual encounter because he would be more likely to brush it off as uh, it's like a hallucination or some kind of temporary, random, altered mental state. Um, So, you know, taking his skepticism up to, you know, 11 on a scale of 10. Uh, And so for him... Uh, you know it was what what is you know the empirical evidence what, what are what are the different logical processes that you can that you can show him that um, point in that direction that that just make good uh, rational sense so uh, but I think at the end of the day I, you know again, just depending on the person I, th- I think that God knows ultimately what's going to win somebody over to him. Uh, you know, cause as, as much as we talk about, you know, engaging people and what that looks like. And, and I mean, it's the same way on spiritual encounter side too, when you have people going out there and, you know, praying for people and looking for like immediate healing or whatever it might be trying to speak some kind of prophetic word in someone's life that it's not about the person that's doing it or the, the person going out doing it. It's, it's, you know, the one who's working through them. Uh, you know, so God working through people, I think that he ultimately knows best what is going to win each individual person. So, um, you know, I I've, I believe that he has, you know, used me actually through apologetics that, I mean, just there, there are things that, uh, you know, conversations that I've had where I've been inspired to say things that I don't think I would have come up with on my own. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the same time, though, I've also been around uh, really awesome spiritual encounters where I've seen people get healed. So, um, you know, I, I, the, I think it's definitely... There's definitely a both and, but I think that uh, it's just a matter of leaving it up to God ultimately to win that person over and it's not about you. And that's good because I think um, that statement that you said
0: about, you know, like the idea of God can move in more ways than one. Like the way God can speak to one person may not be how he speaks to another person. And if we take the way that God spoke to us and apply that to everyone, like this is how God speaks, then we've limited God to this finite thing that he is not. Like, I don't know if you have ever heard like um, like fear of the Lord preacher, preachers or holiness preachers who will be like, this is the only way to be saved and you have to live this perfectly holy life. Otherwise, God's going to judge you and you're going to burn in hell. Or this idea of you have to have the fear of the Lord because if you don't fear God and like and and I have, like, a reverence for God for sure. But if you don't have, like, this deathly fear for God that, oh, crap, if I mess up, I'm going to hell, like, then you're just not a Christian. And I think, and, and that goes both ways, because then you have, um, on the other side, too, of, like, and I love grace, but the, on the other side, you have, like, that over grace of, like, do whatever you want, live in sin, have fun, God still loves you, you're still going to heaven. I think we have to... We have to figure all that out and find somewhere in the middle where everything lines up because you can't take one finite version of who God is because in definition, He is infinite. He is not limited to whatever box we try to put Him in. And that's what we're doing with this whole podcast, Joseph, is just um, our whole thing is we're trying to break down church. We're trying to break down church culture and figure out what is real and what's just bullcrap. crap. And, um, and, you know, this idea of I got to be at church every Sunday and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got to I got to give my 10 percent and I got to, you know, like there's so many regulations and bylaws, even inside of separate churches that you have to obey. Otherwise you're just not being a good Christian or you just don't fit into their culture. But the goal of this podcast for me is just to break things down, to give the voice back to the church, to people, which we're kind of going a different route on this particular podcast, talking about apologetics. So I'll stop ranting, but that's just kind of um, the goal of what we're trying to do here. So that's, that's good though, because I think there's some people who the reasoning or rational side of God definitely is more effective than the spiritual side, but I still think both are necessary. Like, I've got to be able to reason. If I'm just basing my whole relationship with God off off the supernatural, and there's no reasoning behind it, like, what is my foundation? But at the same time, like, I can't just base everything off rational thoughts, because by definition, God is not just this rational thing. Like he is rational, but there are things he does that are supernatural that go beyond rational thought of like, this is how things should be. Because sometimes he just likes to flip the script on you, you know? So you got to have both sides in there. And we may agree or not on some things, but that's just what I think. So my next question is, oh, by the way, Ben's going to be jumping on soon. Um, he is on his way back from the vet and hopefully he will be joining us at least for the tail end of this conversation. So my next question, how can apologetics be
1: used in a good way and how can they be used in a bad way? Um, just to, to kind of start off, I'll, I'll start off with the, in a bad way. Uh, many of the things that you take a look at in apologetics, many of the, um, the points and the reasons they're, they're called arguments. So you have, for example, the uh, the kalam cosmological argument or you have the moral argument um you know a whole bunch of different you know arguments out there and i think it's they're they're called that purely for the sake of you know uh they're they're presenting a point but just because they're called arguments doesn't mean that you have to argue uh if if you get to the point where you're arguing with the person that you're talking to you know the, when the when the defenses come up and basically at that point it's just two people that are you're just kind of you know, dig, you know digging even deeper, you know uh, digging your feet into ground that, and you're just totally not willing to budge. Um, you've you've lost the conversation, and you're, you're at that point. Yeah, at that point, you're wasting your time. Um, one of the the really good uh, tests I like to start out with. I, I I love asking questions. The the more you ask questions rather than making statements, the better your conversation and engaging someone's going to go. Um, you know, the, because the, the more that you make statements, the more that you're going to have to defend yourself, pretty much the more that you're going to have to, to back that up. And it's, uh, not to say that there isn't uh, good defense out there, but basically just that, um, I think when you're, when you're trying to win someone over, it's best to, you know, ask them, why do they think what they think? Uh, and, you know, just kind of, kind of get to, uh, the nitty gritty of what, you know, how can they how do they reconcile different things like uh you know morality justice different things like that whatever the different arguments are uh with what their worldview is and see what's lacking and what's what the strong points are and be able you know but at the same time be ready to do that with your with your own worldview too um so yeah, just you know ask questions one of the first things that I do uh whenever I try to engage someone or start a conversation is uh you know if, if it starts veering into religion or politics, whatever it is, um I'll say, for example, with Christianity, it's uh if Christianity were absolutely true if i if I could somehow prove to you right now that the Bible were one hundred percent accurate, uh would you become a Christian and uh believe it or not i've I've actually had people tell me no uh, and I think that's again that's really the uh, a great just kind of starting test of open mindedness. That, uh, you know, it, it kind of distinguishes who is on a truth quest and who's on a happiness quest. Um, you know, if people are looking for truth, then they're going to be open to different, you know, evidences and stuff like that that challenge their worldview versus, you know, there's a whole bunch of people, even a whole bunch of Christians out there that they're chugging along with what they believe just because it's, it's just kind of what makes them happy, what, you know, what they're comfortable with. And they don't – they they just couldn't can't stand to be challenged on it. Um so yeah, I, I mean the biggest thing that I'd say the way to not do apologetics is to actually like argue with people. Now sometimes I mean I've been in, you know, things that have turned into heated arguments before, and there are ways to come back from that or redeem that. Um, you know, my, that the friend I had mentioned before that uh he would refuse the idea of spiritual encounters uh we got heated a lot but he turned into uh, a really really good friend and i'd say one of the positive things to do is find a place where you can agree you know find find some kind of middle ground where um you, know, you can fall back on when the disagreement gets tough uh i mean it's just really important especially if you if you're any kind of um intent on having a relationship with this person and uh just continuing on uh with uh you know just being i don't know just being connected with them at all uh it's important to make sure that you know you're not just totally being antagonistic all the time because well you know some people can carry on like that for a while that that's just not how healthy relationships work okay so back from our second
0: pause break because Shane messed up the first one so joseph really wanted everyone to know on this podcast that Joseph, we really want everyone to know that this podcast is really about him today. It's not about apologetics. It's not about God, any of that. It's really just, we're just here to hear his sweet, subtle voice today. So, um, And
2: he threatened to kill us if yeah, we did not let him speak. And, he did. And, and wield his subtle voice to gain dominance over the world.
0: Dominance through subtleness. That sounds like a cool metal band. Oh. Yeah, at least an album title. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to turn it back over to Joseph. He's got a couple points he's going to make, and then
1: we're going to play some hypothetical arguments. It'll be fun. Um, there were just a couple things that uh, I, I think are important to cover before we start getting into the nuts and bolts of this. Uh, I very well may have made death threats, but uh, I, I will uh, dismiss the part about saying it was all about me. Uh, the death threats were completely unrelated. Um <laughs> So one of the things that I think is important to, to cover is just, um, why, why should we care about apologetics? What, what's the purpose? Um, you know, how, how does that, how, how often does it actually come up? Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different questions. I've, uh, people have, uh, you know, people both close to me and total strangers have, uh, really been down on, uh, you know, just me or just apologetics in general, um, because all they see it as is just arguments, which, as I mentioned before, if you 're doing it just for the sake of arguing you 're not doing it for the right reasons. you know winning an argument is not what this stuff is supposed to be about um one of the reasons or yeah one so one of the reasons why it 's really important, I would say is because um I think especially when it comes to young people uh there are statistics that seventy five percent of young people entering college uh campuses leave the faith entirely. Uh, they're mm-hmm. presented with new ideas that they don't know how to cope with, um, just because unfortunately, yep. you know for for whatever it might be, they're, that perhaps their faith has just been very emotionally driven, or uh, they've just kind of gone along with what their parents have been told, or what their yes. uh, their their yeah. pastors told them, and, and they haven't really reasoned it out for themselves. Uh, so they don't know how to confront those new ideas. There is a yeah, huge they... falling away when you get to. Uh, to college and I mean co- college campuses I mean we're seeing all kinds of ways you know in the in the current political climate, how campuses are going crazy, but uh not not to mention that I mean they've been antagonistic towards christianity for for quite a while now, even Christian yeah. colleges are antagonistic towards their own foundational yeah. points <laughs> yeah i i
2: I totally understand the value there I'm glad you pointed that out because a lot of the youth, the young people that are like. Faith is stupid is because in their entire life they've never been asked to understand why they believe what they believe. They've just been encouraged to obey and influenced to accept these ideas that whenever someone challenges them and they lose the influence that's telling them to obey and accept, they can easily say – Wow, this person that's sitting down with me at college is giving me the opportunity to understand. I never have gotten that before, and that's why it's so easy for me to accept something other than what I've been taught my whole life is because I've never have I been challenged to understand before It's just mostly been please listen uh, and be a good kid
0: yeah and, and it, even when even when you know people stand up and say, "I want to figure out." What, like, what is the deal with this? You know, even in churches when people stand up and they're like, I don't know if I believe this. I don't, like, I want to see why this is real. Even in that scenario, they're kind of like, they're kind of like, shut up or like, you know, don't question, just listen to, you know, like, there's questions that I've brought to, like, the church we used to go to, questions I would bring to our pastor and, you know, try and figure out reasons behind it. And it was just like... Oh well this is just what Christians believe. You know, and so many people they're they're taught not to reason in church. They're taught to just believe because this is the truth and this is what you have to believe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So there's definitely there's definitely value in apologetics as it fits into being a thinking person who questions, tests and understands what they believe. Uh, so that it doesn't, so it's just not easily ripped away from them. I mean, and if honestly, like those people that leave the faith, I don't feel like it's even primarily, I mean, everyone's accountable to themselves, but I don't think it's really, I don't want to blame them. I want to blame the, the poor, poor methods of teaching that uh, just Christian people in general have accepted, which is, uh, God said it, I read it in the Bible and that settles it. And that is literally just like I give zero craps about what I believe. I just read stuff, and then it's good. That's it. That's all I need. Which I understand the aspect of faith and everything, but that's just not healthy faith. That is isn't just not. I don't.
1: That's just someone who's like I decided to turn my brain off. Yeah, and that's I mean, one of the things for me personally was that you know for a long time I I I mean I along with I mean most especially just Western. Uh, Western civilization Christian kids uh, didn't grow up with any kind of uh you know a, a root in uh, just rational faith I mean it was just kind of what we were taught to believe and you know it made uh, there was a lot of it that made sense um, so i mean there was there was never a point where I per se disagreed with Christianity but um uh, there were a lot of ways in which i didn 't know how to reconcile new information that was being presented to me with what it was that I believed because nobody had taught me how to just reason through those things. So, I mean, for me, it was actually a spiritual encounter that I had that kind of helps. I mean, that was kind of the core that I came back to was I know that, you know, this is uh, something that, I mean, it can't be explained any other way. It just just makes sense that this is, you know, essentially the Christian faith in action. Um, Yeah. And so that that's kind of what kept me rooted, but it was really I mean I think again for most people, it was I mean even just going to Ivy Tech, you know, the the you know public colleges here that um yeah. that I there was a lot of challenging that was going on and and not necessarily even antagonism from the professors and the teachers, but uh just you know, fellow students, it's it's incredible how worked up people get over differing ideas. But I mean, it's everywhere it's though, too. I mean, it's true. Just, just like what you know, what what Keith was saying. Yeah, it's not. It's you know, it can be in religion. You know, just like what Keith was saying that you know, there are people that within church that because there's just been this culture within the Western Church of not reasoning out your faith. That I mean, anytime that you're hit with something that you don't agree with, the first response is just to get angry and to tell <laughs> someone how wrong they are. Um, and that makes you look really intelligent when you do that. Yeah. And then, but what's crazy though, I mean, well, you know, you know, maybe not crazy, but just that it was effective though. And, and making me think, you know, if it, is it really just that common sense that there is this fundamental flaw with Christianity that I just am not seeming to wrap my brain around or just, I haven't, it hasn't really occurred to me. So, Uh, There was a lot of questioning that went on that uh, there was never necessarily a time where I stepped away from the faith at all uh, by any Mm -hmm. means, but it it Mm -hmm. definitely made me ask myself the questions of why do I even believe this? Uh, You know, I don't have those solid reasons per se uh, outside of that one, you know, one spiritual encounter that I kept coming back to that I should believe it still. Um, And why not? try. I mean, there's absolutely nothing keeping me back from trying to investigate it further for myself. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, That I
2: think personally, I know the original question you asked was why is apologetics important? And, And my short answer is that, um, I mean, maybe it's not as short as I wish it was, but my version of my short answer is that it apologetics is the bravery That it takes to seek out why you believe what you believe instead of just believing it. Like if apologetics comes from a perspective of, again, I really respect Kurt Cameron and uh, uh, those guys with Way of the Master and everything. Ray Comfort. But when, when your goal is to like say, I know I'm right, but let's do some research to prove to you that I'm right. That is that to me is not really a good apologetics uh, pursuit, yeah, but you're put, when you 're putting
1: the cart before the horse on that one, and that 's unfortunately how a lot of people i mean and that 's how a lot of the scientific community pursues what they 're doing it 's just really hard because maintaining true objectivity in searching for truth is hard just because everybody yeah, has totally their natural agree. inclinations to some kind of bias. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, we have the personal responsibility of saying, "Am I really going to be searching for the truth on something?" I mean, I think Lee. Am Stro- I willing?
2: Am I willing to give up what I already have if I find something that tells me I should?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say Lee Strobel. Uh, I think all of us have heard about him, but you know, for for those who haven't, you know, he was a uh, very, very antagonistic atheist, and he had a huge problem when his wife became a Christian. That, you know, he kind of set out, you know, he was a journalist and, um, you know, he set out to try to disprove God. So he went to all of the best, uh, you know, Christian scholars, historians, you know, a whole bunch of different people to say, let me talk to their best so I can try to debunk them. And he was someone who his journalistic integrity essentially for trying to be objective about the facts was put on the line. And at some point he kind of realized, you know, it's like, well, this is really my soul on the line here, too. And at some point he said i need to weigh what is the evidence for christianity and what is the evidence against and he had so many he said that he had so many notes that were for christianity and so few that were against that when he took the time to really objectively weigh them at the end of his study he gave his life to christ because it's just there's there's no you know when you if you're really going to pursue the truth you've got to be consistent and you can't mm-hmm. you can't put your uh, your ideals, you know. So if I had gone into my study into apologetics, just trying to affirm what it is I believe, rather than sincerely search, then that'd be a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I like what you said about staying objective
0: because that is um, just to agree with you. Um, that I mean, that is what we need to do throughout all of this and that's the goal for me with this whole podcast is just like searching out like what is real what is fake what is right and what is wrong and finding a a middle ground where i can stay objective in the center of it because i mean what good is going through all these arguments what good is dissecting your life and your christianity and your walk with god if you're not willing to admit that you're wrong and i've always i've always been of the state of mind that like if you can even prove to me that God's not real, I am objective to believe that, but based off all of the evidence that I see of there being a creator and the experience that I've had with Christianity, I've got to believe in Christianity and that God is real, but I'm still subjective and objective to believe that I could be wrong. I'm okay, like, If you can prove to yeah. me I'm wrong about God, I am willing to admit it, and I say that even to like you know, pastors and people in church who would even be listening to this. Like, if you think I'm wrong about my views on church, please, I'm objective to believe to believe you, but I'm going to need proof. I'm going to need to see something other than what I've seen out of church, out of religion, to believe that I am just straight-up wrong in my reasoning. But that's a different topic than what we're talking about here. Yeah. But as far as apologetics go, like, yeah, like, one— watching guys like Ray Comfort and Kirk Cameron, like, they're really, they love Jesus, and I believe that, but some of the ways you go, they go about handling, like, like, their goal being to go out and just show how atheists are stupid. I mean, even if you go to Ray Comfort's Facebook page, I mean, he'll post things like, like, um, if you don't believe in God, then just don't come to this page, or if you say something, um, insulting <laughs> towards Christianity you will get deleted from this page or something oh like that like how, how <laughs> in the world is that supposed to be a witness to anybody and anybody, I know
2: anybody anybody who ever says get away from me if you disagree is not there for anything other than to be right that's yeah. it sorry continue Keith
0: okay second joseph had to say i don't want to go too, i don't want to rant too long joseph had one more point he wanted to make and let's try to get through that as quickly as possible guys and then we're going to get into some um pseudo arguments here which should be
1: funny oh yeah oh yeah yeah uh one of the things i mean so we talked about why should people care about apologetics and i think the most the most compelling thing is really you know what does the bible have to say about apologetics um okay. and i i there are several scriptures that uh i think back up the need for us to have a ration a rationalized uh, well thought out faith um you know not not just go along blindly, uh so first peter three fifteen uh but in your hearts honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do so with gentleness and respect. um most apologists will quote that verse as kind of like one of the foundational pieces because that that very it, it's really on the nose for you know be ready at all times to have an answer, which means that you need to constantly be training your brain, you know, constantly be looking up new information and, yeah. you know, be able to, you know, be ready for whatever situation you're going to be put in with that. Uh, Luke 10, 27, uh, you know, there's a Jesus speaking saying, you know, and this is every, everybody knows this one. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. And I think that we kind of overlook the "with all your mind" part of part of things uh,
2: so much. So we're like much, leave that yeah. crap at the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, we like to look at all the other ones. Just like I just really, really, really love God, and just kind of leave it there. Uh, yeah. Whereas you know, if we're if we're going to love God with our minds, it makes sense then that we're going to pursue uh, you know intellectual endeavors with that. Um, and uh, so we have First uh, Thessalonians 5.21 as uh, test everything and hold fast to what's good. Uh, and that's actually a, a foundational part of what uh, turned into the scientific method. Um, you know, we it, it is OK. You know, we we need to we are encouraged to test things. Um, yes. And, and the things that are true, you know, that, that what, it, what that objective standard of truth is, you know, we hold on to those things. And uh, if it's if something is proven to be false, we don't. I mean, it's just, it's really simple and uh, straightforward laid out there. Yeah. Um, And finally, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 10.5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So, you know, answering, you know, objections and, you know, being able to provide a defense with gentleness and respect, but... When it comes down to it, arguments for Christianity destroy uh, all other arguments that could be raised against it. I mean at the at the end of the day, when you when you look at the uh, the real logical implications of of everything that we talk about, you know against so again like the the moral argument, which is something that we're looking at talking about a little bit later here. and um, you know, there's a whole bunch of different other points that are out there. Uh, it is It's just overwhelming. You know, because you have the again the the scientific, so the more empirical evidence, but then you also have the more philosophical, logical arguments, which, in my in my opinion, I I find to be more compelling, because yeah. those actually address uh, the you know because I think most apologists you know they I mean they're apologists kind of look at different things as far as you know different kinds of religions, um, yeah. But I think most apologists seek to answer uh, non-belief or atheism and so um you know there's there's a lot of things that you know atheism isn't new by any means, but as people have tried to really rationalize it out as a worldview, it is extremely lacking, and there's a whole lot of things that are the non empirical side the non physical things that we have, so for example, like the the laws of logic or the laws of mathematics or again concepts like morality those yeah. are non physical realities that we deal with every single day they are woven into the core of how we operate as you know individuals and as a society that we can't just suddenly deny those things so how do we reconcile the idea that if there if there is no metaphysical state whatsoever if it is all just you know time space and matter and that's it how do we then reconcile these these concepts where it's You know they are things that exist That are non-physical and so I think That's probably a pretty good launching point with where we're Going next with starting to talk yeah. about some of The moral argument
2: Yeah yeah for sure there's definitely A I feel like with Just to talk briefly about that Atheism and everything like that I feel like Atheism is the From, from where I'm Standing is if I took everything at Face value and just formulated a belief On common sense I would probably be an atheist because everything that I can see – I mean while there is that nagging question that won't go away, it's easier to silence that nagging question of like where did I come from, who am I, What's why am I alive than it is to see like bad things happen, life sucks and uh, it seems like we're just it whatever's here. So I don't need to research any further into that or answer any of those questions. So I'll just go off what I can see and not research further and have a pretty solid argument about atheism.
0: I don't know though. I don't know if I was looking at it logically that I would go atheist. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, if, if I didn't I mean, say logically, for,
2: I said common sense. Co- okay. I said, so,
0: um, so comment. Yeah, my bad. That's what I meant to say by that. Co- okay. Common. If I was basing it just based off common sense, e that way as well. Like, I don't know if I would go atheist. I would probably slant more agnostic because just looking at the moral side, like I remember nights before I was, I didn't become a Christian until I was 18 years old. I I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know church culture and I wasn't raised being told who God was. So, but I remember nights hanging with friends, you know, I would be out laying in a field at night, staring up at the stars and I would feel like There is something more here than this. Like, I I just don't think that the natural go-to is is atheism. I think the natural go-to is more agnostic. And you see that in every culture around the world has developed some kind of God, some kind of God system. So I think agnosticism is the most Mm. gone to view.
2: The more that I think about it and just don't go with my original thought of common sense and i process your thinking i totally agree yeah uh, now now i'm agnostic and by the end of this conversation i might be christian we'll find out
0: <laughs> yes let's figure out so uh, yeah so i don't know i'd like to talk do you guys want to go into those kind of pseudo arguments or you just want to talk more about morality cuz i know that we can I, talk
2: i would honestly i'd like to let joseph decide but before that happens, if you can give me 25 seconds, I just want to say this. Go. Everyone, those verses that Joseph just read out of the Bible, I know there are some Republican Christians with a lot of guns and uh, make America great again hats that were like, see, I need to make a defense and subdue things. And I'm going to go do that for Jesus. And But at the end of those verses, it said with gentleness <laughs> and yeah. things like that. So I'm, I don't want to disappoint you, but – uh, put your guns down. We're not here to uh, subdue and defend the Christian faith. We're here to, yeah. Uh, we're here to just present a point and gently speak to When we give a defense, we want to give it gently, not like God's going to judge you. Not, I don't know why every time I say something ignorant, it gets that accent. I apologize. There are plenty of smart and beautiful Southern people. And uh, <laughs> I apologize for my generalization with my accent. But point is that, all of this should be presented gently. We're not here to dethrone, overthrow, and raid and kill all of the other ideas that are out there. We're just here to give a gentle defense of what we believe ourselves. Okay, and boom. So, Joseph, I don't know where you'd like to take this, but
1: I'd like to follow you there. Yeah. So. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, let's go ahead and do the the kind of the, the pseudo whatever the pseudo arguments that you guys wanted to do first. I mean. I, I don't know how long we're doing this thing, but I mean, I, I got it all day. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right on. I think I've got like probably, probably got another half
2: hour, something like that.
0: We've been running for a while, so I don't know how much longer we can go. What are we at, Shane? <laughs> how many bars? Like oh, probably like thirty. <laughs> Good lord! Oh my god! So. uh uh we'll probably we'll probably have to pick this up a second time we can schedule Dude, we can schedule okay to have with... joseph on another time where he can just strictly talk about morality because most yeah. of the stuff we got to today was just scientific and empirical but i'd like to get more into the morality side of it but i Me did too. that's we did yeah. promise our listeners to cut it down to about 45 minutes to an hour so i'd like to keep it at that for now okay
2: i'm okay with that joseph would do you think that you'd be available um next week to do like interviews with joseph uh, interviews with an apologist part two yeah
1: yeah i
2: i would be totally down for that sick all right that makes me happy ben any final words um I just want to apologize to everyone who listens to this that my voice wasn't a part of the first half. I know it was rough to get through that, but I'm I'm glad that I could get here to support you with my voice. Also, I just want to thank uh, everyone out there that
0: is. uh, Oh, yeah, we were praying. We were praying for your cat, by the way.
2: Oh, hey, thanks. (laughs) It sounds so silly when you put it in this perspective, but man, I'm telling you, the relationships you build with animals, they're as real as any human relationship, even if it is just an animal. Man, (laughs) your heart goes out to that thing. Like my cat got hit by a car. It's rough. So, yeah, that's the the whole reason I wasn't here for the first half. But to finish us out, I would just like to say uh, that uh, peace be with you children of the most high God and children of whatever other devil that you believe in. I, uh, (laughs) I just just, want to, again, bless you. I pray that your bowel movements are peaceful and full of grace. And
0: uh, if not, also, yeah.
2: Yeah. Also, yeah. Just pray, pray in Pepto
0: and uh, you'll, you'll be regular in no time. Pray in Pepto. That's what, that's really what uh, the PMP stands for in the podcast. Pray pray in Pepto. It's not Pilgrims and Prodigals. It's pray in Pepto. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> that's all, that's all we got for today. No, really, thank you. Thank
2: you Joseph for being on the show. I yep. I it's you're super awesome. awesome to do interviews and I love the fact that you're with us here today. Anytime, guys. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Peace. Okay. Bye-bye.